Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you so much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another sit-down guested episode of Woken Baked. My guest today is one of the guests from last week, Jake Thompson. Today we sat down and we discussed not only the new Dave Chappelle special, Sticks and Stones, which is available now on Netflix, but a lot of the controversy surrounding it. Now we did our best to not have any, or at least not have too many spoilers, but still include some inside jokes for those of you who have already seen the special, which, again, available now on Netflix. Now, if you are interested in joining some of these film reviews uh, for the podcast, I would invite your participation. If there's a particular film you feel like we should watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime, something that we don't have to spend any extra money that we're not already spending to watch, let me know. Because I'd love to participate. I'd love to know what I should be watching and, and what we can all kind of watch together in our own kind of weird way. All right, so that being said, as it stands, next week's film will be a documentary titled Above Majestic. A link to the YouTube clip will be available in this uh, in the SoundCloud description of this episode. So if you are interested in participating in uh, next week's episode and you're like hey what is this film and what is it all about well it's about aliens it's about a secret space program it's about all of that stuff and the link is in the soundcloud description so there you go copy paste it go look for it or you can just throw it in the search bar yourself because i'm sure you could figure out youtube and if you cannot let me know we'll do our best to try and help you out but if you have something else that you would like to see, by all means, I encourage your participation. Leave a comment on the SoundCloud page, and uh, we can see what we can do about it. All right. <sighs> that being said, it is time to go into the bill-paying portion of, uh, of the episode. Thank you to our supporters, Iron Asylum Gym, located on KB Road. 24-hour access. They've got a booming system, and they're getting even freaking bigger. You know they say bigger is better? Iron Asylum's getting even bigger. They're expanding. They're growing. They are getting more space, and more space means more Equipment. They already have 24-hour access. I don't know what else they can do for you access-wise, but, access but they are giving you more tools to sort of help you uh, deal with whatever the things that you are dealing with that you would like to deal with in the gym. Or let's say you just want to work out. Let's say you just, you know, want to get on the treadmill and maybe get some, get your, you know, 30 minutes in a day just to clear your, I don't know, clear your mind and stretch your legs and get some blood flow, and they've got that too. And we're coming up on the winter, so trust me, you're going to want to get your heart beating, you're going to want to get your blood pumping, you're going to want to be active, and what better way to do that than hopping your sweet ass into Iron Asylum, getting your sweet ass in even better shape, and having a place where you can bang out some badass music. So I've played some loud-ass, badass music in there to include Nem's Gorilla Monsoon album, uh, Run the Jewels 1, 2, 3, um, Ill Bill and Stu Bang's uh, Hannibal, uh, I'm sorry, not Hannibal, Cannibal Hulk album, which, by the way, if you have not checked that album out, uh, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's one of those really cool collaborative uh, records that are becoming more and more popular in the hip-hop community, which is a very awesome thing. <coughs> that being said, 
I listen to all of that stuff in the loud ass speakers at Iron Asylum. And you can listen to your badass music at Iron Asylum too when you go there, if you go there. <coughs> at whatever time it is you're going through. Sorry about the coughing, I'll edit that stuff out. So you won't get the coughing, you'll get like some weird maybe fart sound or something else, or, or whatever. Maybe you won't get anything. Maybe I won't give you anything. I'll give you farts next time. But with that being said, uh, Iron Asylum, 24-hour access. You can check them out on Instagram. You can check them out on Facebook. I don't think they're on Twitter, and uh, I'm fairly certain that they're not on Twitch. But if they are on Twitch, that's cool. You can play Fortnite or something. Whatever it is you do on Twitch, whatever gaming that you play on Twitch, you can do that with Iron Asylum if they have a Twitch page. But I don't think they do. I don't think there's enough hours in the day. That being said, you can do that with Iron Asylum if they've got a Twitch page. All right, 5150 Vapes located in Soldatna on the, it's not really on the Spur Highway, it's kind of on that main street of the, the Sterling Highway, across the street from the Soldatna Creek Park, that place that had all the music in the summer, across the street, right there. It's your voop, uh, your voop, your vape super center they have uh, all levels of nicotine they've got flavors with no nicotine let's just say that you like tasting blueberry muffins uh they've got something for you there now if you're looking for i don't know something to throw your concentrates in so that you can vape them and you don't have to i don't invest in a whole like e-nail rig they also have shatter batter now what is shatter batter you're probably better off going online and getting some more information, looking into that and finding out what it is. But it is a way to, just real briefly, turn your concentrates into a vapable liquid for for discretion, for whatever reasons it is that you are turning it into a vapable liquid, you can do that with Shattered Batter. So there you go. It's located in Soldatna uh, in, the, in the middle of downtown. Boom. There you go. All right. And our two newest sponsors, the Schnitzel Bomber. I cannot say enough about I guess I could, I say I, I couldn't say enough or I can't say enough about the Schnitzel Bomber. Clearly I can because I'm saying it now. They make really delicious food. Uh, they're, most of their vegetables are sourced locally. Everything that they can source locally, they're going to source locally. Uh, they make delicious food, cool German comfort food. They also have a sandwich named after me. It's the Buffalo Bill. And one year, it was on my birthday that that was their special. Made my day. Made me very, very happy. That being said, they make some damn good food. They make some damn good poutine. And those of you that know me know I love poutine. It's probably my favorite thing about Canada other than uh, cannabis is uh, legalized throughout the country. You can go, as far as I know, anywhere in Canada and buy yourself uh, a couple grams because they use the metric system in Canada. You couldn't buy like an eighth, but you could buy like four grams or three grams. However they sell it, that's how you can buy it in Canada. All right. So uh, that being said, speaking of cannabis, um, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They've got all kinds of stuff. They've got edibles. They've got lubricants. That's right. They've got lubricants. If you're looking to lubricate yourself, they've got a THC lubricant. I think they've got a couple of different kinds, um, but one from Lady Grey Medibles. We're going to try our best to see if we can get uh, a sample of that that, uh, and, and then get a product review because that's kind of what I want is a product review of the THC lubricant and find out what all of that is about. So there we go. That's a product review that you can, uh, you can, you can bet your sweet ass 
that we are going to have soon. A lubricant, a sex jelly with THC. And, and we're going to give it to you. We're like, I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't, we're not necessarily going to, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we are going to make sure that you get that awesome review. And, uh, and it should be funny. If it's not, then it won't be, but you still got a sweet ass review of sex jelly. All right. Red Run also has pre-rolls. They have pre-roll Wednesday. Uh, they've got Terpy Tuesday. They've got, uh, I think it's Edible Monday. They've got an Edible Day, which is cool. You can go in and get a discount on edibles, and that includes a discount on your Hashade. Now, if you are not familiar with Hashade, it is a drinkable. That means it gets digested a lot quicker, and anything that you can do with lemonade, you can do with Hashade. If you, I met a guy this week. He told me he uses his Hashade in Margarita Monday, so he's like extra grown up about it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that kind of creativity. Someone who's going above and beyond. I mean, that's a dude that doesn't make boring food for his family. That's a dude that spends time making entertaining food for the people that he loves. And and he likes hashing. So shout out to that guy. All right. That being said, as always, the warning will be at the end of the show, and as there is no Trap Lord Circuit, I don't have Trap Lord Circuit to tell you to, to take away. All right. So, thank you very much to my guest, Jake Thompson. Here's the music part. Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. Especially if you were wearing this, or at least wearing this, listening to this at night. You can wear this if you want. You could. I mean, we're getting essentially, we're getting close to that point in technology. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is, this is my outfit. This is what I'm going out in. Well, we're getting to some really, really beautiful places, but I really, if anyone is listening to this and getting ready to make some love, if, if you're at home with a loved one and you're like, you know what, this is time for me to make some love and you are listening to us. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I think this probably encourages a lot of people to make love because, as you know, nine months after a natural disaster, there's a bunch of there's a spike in children being born, and I figure nine months after someone listens to this podcast, we'll see a we'll so see an uptick. So, so we aren't talking about the fires. We're talking about the unholy alliance that is Jake Thompson and Bill Baker, <laughs> two guys that weren't smart enough to use fake names. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I had a great time last time. Uh, I, I like where this is going. There's a lot of a lot of cool ideas that are being fleshed out, including the topic, the thing that brought us together. Well, none of that will be included in this podcast, but off-air, if that's even a term in a podcast, I don't know, but off-air, we're brilliant. We're the, <laughs> in person and on podcast, we're dumb as shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get us off, you know, you talk to us one-on-one, offline, we can be... We're dumb. We're not, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, when you watch, like, the NFL draft and you see the highlights of this player and they pick him early in the round and you're feeling really good about your team. And then he actually, you see him play and you're like, that's not the same guy that I saw that little five-minute window of his entire career. Yeah, against against guys that sucked at the time. Like, yeah. and that's the other thing, like, that you got to remember is, like, especially when you're watching highlight films from, like, high school kids yeah. or college kids is their competition isn't necessarily like top-notch either so that's how you end up with you know guys like and this is going old school like, like todd morenovich um you know and guys who were like lot there were lots of first round draft picks that didn't pan out I mean, ryan leaf probably is the you know the 
Hall of Fame of first round busts. You should almost get into the Hall of Fame for that. Like, you were the mi- most disappointing player that's ever been drafted first pick. Can I, I got it, which, which brings up uh, Charlie Ward, um, who ended up not deciding, game, winning a Heisman Trophy and deciding to play professional basketball, I, I think was, by the way, smart move on his part. Uh, didn't he go on to win, uh, well, play on a couple of all-star teams? I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really follow basketball. I can hang like I, I, I do, but I just not feeling the, the mood to to be someone I'm not right now. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I can, I can, yeah, I can just, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit we're not really necessarily yeah. remembering. Yeah, we're just, yeah, what was my his name again? Oh, okay, yeah. I remember, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like trying to YouTube off. <laughs> so Charlie Ward was a dude that uh, played uh, quarterback for FSU, won a Heisman Trophy, and decided to play professional basketball. I played for the Knicks for a while. Um, I believe he played on a couple of all-star teams, and I'm not... Uh, talented enough to look on the internet and do some research while I'm talking about him. I can get back to you at a later date. But yeah, Charlie Ward, badass athlete. You got to give it up for guys who who excel at, at two sports. Oh yeah. Um, really, like if you can walk and, and chew gum and juggle, you are a fucking artist of movement. Um, speaking of of artists of movement, <laughs> I I love the segue already. <laughs> What did you think of the uh, of the Chappelle special, and what did you think? Uh, well, well, let's start with the Chappelle special. The, what know, did you think? I, okay, I was thoroughly entertained. I, uh, I I wouldn't say it was necessarily his best special, but by all means, I think it's it's you know it's a good. It's I think like an hour and fifteen minutes. I mean, totally worth your time. Uh, I liked that he basically <laughs> took every sacred cow there was and uh, just butchered it. Yeah, just like. <laughs> I think I can get it. Boom. And, 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 and did it with a flaming arrow that was dipped in napalm. Yeah. So if you, if you haven't seen this, what I think what we're going to start doing is doing Netflix movie reviews because it's way more convenient. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's convenient. Already got this. I'm already, you know, I already got the subscription. I'm already wasting my entire weekend binge watching just terrible stuff. And I think if there's just one person out there that I can reach and say, no, don't watch this. Watch this instead. I mean, I've saved, in a sense, I've saved their life. Maybe only an hour of it, but... Well, one of the things that I live by is that, that time is the ultimate currency, right? Like, yeah. there's no greater currency than time. Like, I hate fucking feeling like I'm getting my time wasted when I'm dealing with someone, and I hate feeling like I just wasted someone's time. So, then it goes to, like, how do we help people not waste their time by wasting our time for them? Yes. <laughs> and... And and that's what we're all about, saving you some time, uh, dear listener at home. You know, it at least it brings a little peace to my heart to know that, like, my wasted time could go on to help, you know. And then it justifies, like, just that tragic, lazy weekend behavior. Absolutely. This isn't, this isn't me binge-watching, being lazy, just losing every minute of my life. This is research. This is work, yeah. sir. I will have you know, this isn't research. This is work. Okay, when you when you sat down to watch this Chappelle special, I need you, Mister uh, Mister Jake Thompson, to feel like you're clocking into work. Like I need to, I need to really absorb this material and be one with the material if I'm gonna, you know, yeah. shit on it or not. Uh, no, for for several hours after this, is how seriously I took it. For several hours after watching the special, I felt like I was Dave Chappelle. 
I mean, not the famous Dave Chappelle, but probably a Dave Ch- Chappelle yes, somewhere. Uh, there's, yeah, like, and not to be confused with David LaChapelle, the photographer, uh, two totally yeah. different dudes. One of them, one of them is a, is a white guy that takes pictures, and the other one is uh, probably the greatest living comedian on the planet, um, and and someone that we're all lucky to be alive in the same time. You know you're good when you can turn down and walk away from fifty million dollars. Well, I think like there's a lot that goes into into that decision. Like there was, um, I, I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff that that came out in the missing uh, season, right? Like he, um, there was like the the race fairy, and there was. There were some ideas that I guess that he changed his mind on. Like he he wasn't he wasn't necessarily married to some of the ideas uh, that they that were being produced. Like some of it was just I don't know. He walked away from a lot of stuff, but fifty million dollars had his integrity meant that much. So you know he comes back and he wants to tell a, a couple of jokes that you know are are butchering some sacred cows that are fucking flame fl- flame throwing some useless symbols that don't matter anyway i'm down i'm down you you, you, you had me at the at a um, at a fucking um at a hair dryer on snickers all right and if you don't get the reference go watch season 1 and 2 of the Chappelle show it's the greatest television ever that was one thing after watching the special I, I could tell from the get-go, I was like, ooh, this is going to upset some people in the year 2019, you know. And that's what cracked me up. So immediately I had to go and see what, had to go see what, like, my YouTube, if I bring up Dave Chappelle, you know, latest, uh, Sticks and Stones. Uh, if I brought that up to see what, like, some of the commentary and the, you know, what E! News was going to have to say about it. And it was, it cracked me up. And I think this is kind of the whole gist of what his, almost his entire show was about, was... All the commentators that had, like, issue with it, one, they had seen the, the Chappelle show, and they loved the Chappelle show. And I'm like, so that didn't offend you? It's like, well, it was a different time then. Well, maybe. We're still the same people. But <laughs> the majority of them that took the biggest issue with it didn't watch the uh, Netflix special at all. They read the transcripts out of context. We live in uh, in a society, and I one of my friends said I'm not exactly sure who it was, but like the virtue signaling is the new national pastime. Oh, yeah. And Dave Chappelle set up everything he said. I think was was on point, and he he made it. He prefaced it with a bunch of different things, like I'm a victim blamer, yeah. um, or or making the car analogy, um. He, he, but I'm sorry. Um, there was a, one of the things that I read from Vice, which was really depressing because I used to love Vice. Vice, Vice used to be good, though. Vice, so I don't blame you for that. Vice had an effect on my life. Those old Vice documentaries were wonderful. The content that they put out was great. Yes, let's interact with people and see what they're like on the other side of the world. But you know, we stopped doing that. What we what. Um, what they stop? Well, we we didn't really stop doing anything. Like they stopped doing that and and went to virtue signaling and and what they had to say about Dave Chappelle in the special was was kind of was crazy to me because it was like he made because he made the joke about uh, being a black man or, or being a, like being an Asian guy on the inside. Yes, being an Asian man trapped in a black man's black, body. in a black man's body. 
And and then he went on to later say um, his wife had a problem with that joke, but he only does that impression uh, when they're fighting. <laughs> and it was like, it's fucking great. And, and it goes to to the, the title of um, of of the special sticks and stones like these are words like there were things that he said that made me feel a little uncomfortable. But like that was kind of the point of them. Right. And. And it's not like it's coming from like a hypocrite. Like it's it's one thing if it's somebody who doesn't have a leg to stand on. If it's some comedian who from out of nowhere decides they're a social justice warrior. There was a comedian who apparently had a comedy special on Netflix where she just talked about, you know, like being sexually assaulted. Like, so it wasn't a comedy special. No. Um Dave Chappelle said some things that made people really uncomfortable and laugh. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. I uh I I think there was there was one joke in there where, you know, you waited to hear the laugh because I thought it was hilarious, but it was like dead silence. But he ended up and this is just when you know it's a great comedian, his following line, then the crowd erupted. But I can't remember particularly what that part was. I you should listen. You should watch it yeah. for yourself, and you should find out. And you should comment. You should drop comments uh, on the SoundCloud page, and that way we can interact with you and we can talk about it. I thought it was great. I thought that um, Dave Chappelle is a really polished comedian, and and there's, I think that there's a very like this definitely wasn't his best stuff, no. but his early stuff wasn't his best stuff either. And and I think that his other best stuff is probably next to come. Um, but it was really timely. Um, but at the same time, the way that our society is moving, it also seemed dated at the same time. Um, on, on one hand, he talks about very specific things um, uh, in, in, his, in his comedy. Uh, but you have to be cognizant. Like time, We live in it, uh, times that are, are moving uh, very, very quickly. Uh, and so some of the things that he said might not necessarily be relevant. So um, the Michael Jackson stuff. I was just thinking that. You, uh, you know, because that was something that happened much earlier in the year um, where that, that came out. But it was still still something that you can talk about. I saw that TMZ were, you know, saying, you know, they, they, they had a point to, to they, they had a point to be made, I guess. Um, which, by the way, what a. 39 year old man uh is doing reading TMZ. i have kids like i have like shit that i could be doing like just about anything is more and yeah anything is well i'm not teaching him that but um anything is gonna be like way more um Throwing way... frisbee in the front yard you know yeah memories but... for them yeah, anything better than TMZ. Like, I don't need, I don't need to like whatever information you're giving me. I don't need because it has no relevancy you in my only life. Know you as your the back of your head silhouetted off of a TMZ screen, <laughs> and that's what's really important. He, Father the Wise, he always he kept up with the Kardashians. Don't bug your dad. He's working. He's he's doing research. But, um, but, but that they had comments from, from people and that everyone felt entitled to an opinion like their opinion mattered. Um, but, but the thing is not whether or not he said anything, um, that was offensive because that was kind of like the point of it. It's 
sticks and stones, but words will never hurt you. I, I hate to say it, but I really feel like it was one of those things where, you know, you might be upset that he said it, but you were thinking it. Oh, oh, absolutely. And you can't sort of, um, you can't sort of take yourself away from that. Like these are, um, these are thoughts that, that many of us have had and we just lack the, like the intestinal fortitude, the balls, the cojones or whatever it is to, or maybe we have the forethought to not say it out loud at that particular moment in time. Yeah. Um, but he's also getting paid X amount of millions of dollars from Netflix to uh, openly scream these things and bear the brunt of all of that shit. Um, I think that, I think Chappelle and, you know, is, is a perfect example of why America. And also a great example of what's wrong with America. <laughs> No, actually, I don't think he's necessarily an example of what's wrong with it, but I think what um, I think he brought to light a lot of what was wrong with it is the I don't want to ruin ruin it because I want people to experience this um, this particular joke firsthand. Uh, and it wasn't even really a joke, but within the first probably five, ten minutes of the show, he does two impressions. And um, the second one was so spot on and I think just set the tempo for the entire show slash existence of a comedian in the year 2019. He he stepped out and he gave a mission statement. Yeah. And that mission statement uh, was essentially that everyone is so easily that uh, offended that it makes it impossible for entertainers to entertain them. And that's so, so true. Um. I think that that when it comes to comedy, and and I get I get it. There are topics that are that are hard to touch on, and that's why we have certain people that we've all kind of agreed are the the ones that get to have these conversations with us. Yeah. Um, and and I'm grateful that Dave Chappelle is one of the guys uh, that does it. I'm not not a fan of a lot of other comedians, but I he he gave a lot of comedians work. Um, that that weren't working when he put together the Chappelle show. I don't know where most most of you remember first seeing Charlie Murphy, and I'm fairly certain most of you first saw him on the Chappelle show. Um, I remember him from CB4. Okay. Yeah, and if you haven't seen CB4, go go back and see it. Um, um I. I think I saw it on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Like it was one of those. You got, and that's why this show exists, so we can talk about stuff. So before this, before you got into the the, the Chappelle, like what what are you binge watching? Oh man, I um, what was a couple of the shows I binge watched? I, of course, uh, the Strangers not too long ago, and I, I was blown away with that. I mean, the and the main thing I think why that appealed to me was all the 1980s references. It really like triggered my nostalgia. Yeah. And, uh, but actually the, the most recent thing I've binge watched, and this is terrible. It is, uh, what was it called? It was called The Good Place. And, uh, it's a new show. I think it's a new show. I mean, I just now saw it, but it has three seasons. I can't even tell if that's a marker of how long a show's been around anymore. Um, reminds me of the old BBC episodes or the BBC seasons where there's like four episodes and then, you know, you could have three seasons in two months. But anyway, The Good Place, the, the premise is these, uh, you know, these people have died and X amount of, uh, these people get to live in a community called the good place, which is sort of, it essentially heaven, it's kind of the heaven story. 
Um, and the uh, Ted Danson is sort of the architect and the curator of this whole facility and whatnot. And anyway, the show, uh, it has a couple neat little twists to it, but for the most part, the show is terrible. Shout out to, to Ted Danson. Mayday Malone is one of the great characters yeah. of all time. Um, by the way, there's uh, if you go back and watch the first episode of Cheers, there is a uh, fake moon landing um, joke in, in the first. It was, it was fake moon landing, flat earth, something like can't. Yeah, it was a coach joke. It was a coach making a making a conspiracy joke. So uh, they've been with us since the beginning. But um, okay, so I'm watching Killer Ratings. Real quick, I do want to put the disclaimer in. I do not suggest the Good Place or a Good Place, whatever it's called, to anybody. That was really like a, a mistake. <laughs> it's just it's not good. It continues on to like give you the hopes of it being good at some point, and you've already invested this much time into it. Uh, oh, geez. Let's see. I mean, uh, I mean, Ted Danson was the biggest standout. There's uh, a couple other people of. I mean, I could Google it. There are a couple other people that. But mostly, mostly Mayday Malone. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, the majority of the people in there have had little bits of careers at some place, but uh, I was actually surprised with the level of some of these uh, actors uh, was how poorly they performed in this. It really was like, they, I mean, they were getting a check. You could just tell. It's like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do one quick rehearsal and then we'll just film it. Well, okay, so Steven and Daniel and, and every Baldwin that isn't Alec yeah. is uh, really, a, real, they're hurt by that. You should have you put a Baldwin disclaimer in there. Um, and that goes for Bieber Baldwin as well. Shout out to, uh, to Haley Baldwin and Justin, uh, the newly married uh, man off of the market. So there you go. Uh, you know, although I do believe Stephen Baldwin was in Biodome, which may be the greatest movie of all time. It's up there. Um, I mean, if you're talking about movies that are, are kind of uh, slept on and forgotten about, it's way better than Encino, man. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, pro- it's definitely Polly Shore's best movie. Um, it was kind of based on on actual events at the time um so it was definitely timely because i'm not sure if many of our listeners remember there was a bio there had been multiple biodome experiments um but there this was a man named Polly shore. shore um there still is a man god named Polly shore um who who by the way apparently didn't like he was was intentionally not the recipient of a lot of love from his mother, uh, who owned the comedy store, because she felt that um, comedians that received, like, or people that received a lot of love and respect and and were treated like people weren't funny. That's how you get the weasel. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we get the weasel. Who was also an Encino man. <laughs> Um, but you were um, speaking of a, of a Netflix binge watch. Yeah. Okay. So killer ratings. This is, by the way, let me first say that I am, I'm pretty much a sucker for anything that, that occurs in Latin America and is a documentary because it always goes into like dark, crazy shit and like beautiful women. Like you're going to see beautiful women. There's going to be like cool music and there's going to be some crazy shit. And it's a story and I'm not I'm not done with it, so I can't really like give you the the, the good summary. But it's about essentially a TV host in like the Am- the state of Am- the Amazon in Brazil, who is um, working with the military police to kill gang members and drug dealers because this TV host lost his brother uh, to a drug overdose. 
Now, with this TV show, he started to bring his brother, his other brothers, the ones who, you know, like, weren't drug addicts, and put them in positions of power. They were, they became elected officials, representatives, city council members, yada, yada, yada. He was making a change. But apparently, and again, not done with this, his son, his son seems to firmly believe that all of the accusations made against his father are simply accusations made by liars and jealous people. And he seems to very firmly believe that. And I hope, I hope for that kid's sake, that all of the evidence to the contrary um, is bullshit. However, it's, it's a really cool documentary series um, because this guy himself was an elected official who was also a TV show host who was taking it upon himself to lower the crime rate with the help of the military police. Um, and it was probably more effective than SB-91. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily saying much, but um, there's, you know, there's an element of, you know, I, I don't know. This is, to me, it sounds sort of like almost political vigilantism, you know, and I, I think there is a, there is an element of, uh, you know, taking it upon oneself to, to uh, detour crime that would be more effective than say, you know, you know, our bureaucratic approach of, you know, here's a one size fits all, you know, method of crime reduction. And it, and that doesn't work. The one size fits all certainly doesn't. Um, however, I mean, well, it's especially if you're looking for, you know, like careers and, and lots of money to be made off of said system yeah. from everything to from from foods to whatever um, the bar industry. Yeah, there's a lot going into that. Yeah. It's a whole it's a yeah. great big can of worms. We don't. <laughs> um, so that Chappelle's offensive. offensive. <laughs> um, so, so the uh, there is in, currently going on in the state. And one of the things I did want to uh, talk to you about, we kind of addressed it a little bit, was uh, breweries and entertainment and and putting new rules on the brew uh, the the brew house industry. Which, by the way, I don't go to bars uh, often. I I I, I just don't. Um, they're not a place that I need to go because I don't drink alcohol. Um, I enjoy going to the brewery uh, because they have food and they have root beer, and I know that they're not over-serving people, right? Like, they've, like the rules are in place, and the rules that are in place are, are awesome. Um, however, the, like, a, um, determining, like, to add more rules to, uh, like, a, an overly bloated bureaucratic system because of apparently what a, a distillery in Juneau was doing. Um, apparently there was a, a distillery in Juno that was doing some things it shouldn't be doing, which goes, I don't know if you've ever heard this, um, this line, but, um, they make the laws in Juno, they don't follow them. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I don't like the idea that like someplace like St. Elias or the Kenai River Brewery, which already has some pretty stringent rules yeah. against them, um, are going to have additional rules, uh, put in place because, uh, a, a distillery in Juno that, which by the way is only accessible. There are a fucking thousand reasons to poop on Juno, by the way, um, and a thousand reasons it shouldn't be the state capital, and this is one of them, um, because the, a, a brewery or a distillery in Juno um, doing knowingly doing things that they they shouldn't be doing shouldn't have an effect on whether or not. Um, we can get someone like like local bands to play at the brewery. I think that 
you should absolutely, you should be able to have live music at the brewery. I think that if you had local bands performing at the brewery, um, you could bring people in. Um, you bring in more people than you would uh, at a bar, in, oh, my, yeah. in my opinion. I'd, I'd much rather eat some poutine and listen to some live music than like some standing next to somebody that's had like five shots too many with no fucking regard. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like, this is a jazz band. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and I, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I want to go down that road, but I'm pretty sure if you, if you trace this all back to, to the beginning, it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be someone with some good intentions that figured out a bad policy, you know, to fix rules that, don't really need to be, or I mean, to fix problems that don't really exist with rules that don't really need to be there. Or you're going to find like some bars were suffering and they don't like the idea that, you know, they're, this is, this is sort of our niche here. This is what we do. Um, they shouldn't be doing it. So there needs to be a law against it. So representative out of Kodiak, I cannot remember her name for the life of me. However, she is a bar owner. Yeah. Um, and so if you are uh, an elected representative and you come from the oil industry, you have to disclose that and that, you know, you, you recuse yourself um, from for, or you're supposed to allegedly uh, supposed to recuse yourself or or make known that you have a, possible. a possible conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, however, it doesn't necessarily exist in other industries. It doesn't indust- uh, it doesn't seem to exist with uh, the, the, the bar industry or the entertainment industry. I think there's a way for all of this to coexist because everyone, essentially, if they're not fighting for oil dollars, then they're fighting for tourist dollars. And there is a way to appeal to everybody. Um, I, I, I think there's a way to make it work. Now, I like, I like that the Kenai River Brewery has bought Kenai Joe's. Yeah, that's cool. That is a great thing, and I'm super-duper excited about that. Because I would love to, I'd love to be able to enjoy some Kenai River root beer while I watch Mike a day uh, bang out. Yeah, well, and what I love here is, I mean, okay, Kenai Joe's, it's a landmark, but it, I mean, it had also kind of, it surpassed that part of dive bar. Like, it, it got to that level of, like, this is sort of, this is where you go after you've been kicked out of everybody, every place else. Um, and we've seen that with a couple bars uh, around town or, or on the peninsula. And I think it's really neat to see the resurgence and how they can keep sort of a bit of that dive bar kind of glam and that landmark glam, but also kind of class the place up a notch. Um, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's capitalism at its finest. I think, it, I think it works. I think that if you're bringing in, if you're able to bring in tourists and these people see a cool T-shirt from a cool restaurant slash bar that they went to. Um, they are spending money in our community that are keeping people in uh, people, keeping people's little girls in, in, in dance classes and, and all of that shit, like whatever the, like the little, the little uh, wheels that need to keep rolling in our community. Um, the, the folks that, you know, um, aren't necessarily invested in that you know, aren't necessarily invested in that. But if you keep moving inside of the small communities, you know, and that's why I think it's really sad, but local government gets very little attention. You know, uh, I mean, what if you just have, say, like a city council or a uh, or like a borough assembly, you know, election, maybe 300 people turn out for like the 30, 40,000 or whatever it may be in the area. Um, But if there's like 
there's a president on there, someone that's really not going to affect your life here a whole lot, you know, you'll have like half the people come out and vote. Yeah. And they'll be angry. Justices. They'll be way too angry. Won't go to a city council meeting, uh, but I will stay up all night watching presidential candidates debate, you know? Yeah, just yeah. Uh, just some corporate tool shitting yeah. on another corporate tool for being a corporate tool. And then and then, you know, keeping Tulsi Gabbard from being on TV. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's how it works now. It's like let's keep Tulsi Gabbard off of TV and let's get everyone angry about shit that doesn't matter. And you're a hundred percent right, and I'm I'm guilty of it myself. Um I I know that Soldatna has a city manager style and I don't like it, but what am I doing about it? All, I, all I'm doing about it is I'm bitching about it. But, but we're bitching about it, and 20-odd people are listening then, to it. Maybe they'll then they'll have 20, <laughs> 20 What are your thoughts on City Manager? Yeah. We have just changed the yeah. world. Yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just keep, we just keep up the cycle world. of bitching. Um, but yeah, so then what are we going to do about it? You know, like, um, we, you actually ran for office. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had been elected, um, oh, what, man. Uh, what impact well, do you think have, you would have had? I wouldn't have been for uh, the city manager style or the manager style of uh, borough government because, I mean, that's basically you're, you're castrating the mayor. You're giving all that power to the assembly. Uh, and then you're taking uh, an official that's not elected and giving them all the power. You're taking the power out of the hands of the people. Um, I think the borough mayor is a great balance to the assembly. I'm a, like, I liked, I liked Clinton and Newt Gingrich. I mean, I don't like Clinton as a person. Uh, I can go on for hours and say all the horrible things I I think about him. But I like when he was, uh, well, when Newt Gingrich was a great counterpart, I don't like Newt Gingrich either. I could spend an hour talking about why I hate him. But the, the combination of those two, I think, was a great power balance. And I see that with the assembly a lot of the times where, you know, you have very, uh, very big government assembly members. And I think as an assembly member, you really should be trying to get as much for your district, your people as you should. But then you have like the mayor as sort of counterbalance to that. Uh, and I, I think that's good. I think that that keeps everything a little bit more out in the open, out in the public. And that way, like, I know my vote for mayor actually counts. You know, you go, you go to a management style. It's like, why even, why even vote? Yeah, you're you're holding someone who isn't held accountable to voters, um, and you're making them responsible for every decision that gets made. You're holding them accountable, um, but they're not. Maybe maybe they are. Maybe they're not necessarily responsible for uh, whatever decisions get made. But they're they're essentially answering to the board rather than the people. And that was that was the point that uh, Mayor Pierce made when he came on. Uh, and that's one that I kind of have to stick to because I look at. I look at Soldatna and I look at what happened under, I believe it was Charles Dixon um, with, uh, with all of the cannabis stuff. And then you look at Stephanie McQueen uh, and all of the annexation stuff. And very clearly, you have a group of people who don't really listen to anyone. And that's, because that's they're what not I see so frustrating uh, so many times in government. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to name them, although I should, but I, I've, I've talked with a certain senators, representatives, important people. I've gotten to have a lot of great one-on-one conversations because of my, my time spent blasting them publicly. Um, so I'm going to hold off. Cause, cause, 
Yeah, because so right, after their guests, then we'll bring it up and it'll be more exciting. It's more exciting to call someone out and not let them prepare. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But I like it. Yeah, Did you hear that, Dad? Exactly. But it was the thing is, it's like you represent me. You represent my interests for better or worse. Your job is to go and do what I want you to do. I I didn't vote for you to be my dad. I didn't vote you to save vote for you to save me from myself. I voted for you to one put together a budget. Two make sure we're not overspending and you know three when i when i say hey look we don't want this or we want this whatever it is um you know you you're not there to go well hold hold on that's actually you're making a bad decision it's like no no i'm you know this is how a representative government's supposed and, to work and what i can say about this the, the current administration because i've 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 thrown uh i've thrown like it i don't want to like juicy spoil it <laughs> Um, you know, like, I don't know if you saw his interview where he said, I go hard at four or five on social media. Um, and I, and I've thrown some stuff at, at Charlie Pierce on social media myself, but like, he's still, he's still a guy that makes himself, uh, accessible to be yelled at by strangers. Um, my, 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 actually my, my whole political talk career really launched and started with, uh, me grabbing a clip of uh it was it was back when they were talking about hospital expansion and getting these bonds for it and and I was at the time I was tired of the we touched on it a little bit last week but I was tired of the way that it's you know it's not the city of Soldatna it's the city of Central Peninsula Hospital you know I I mean they've just they bought everything they they keep expanding and keep expanding they've got a slush fund that basically if they don't buy it they're going to lose it type thing um but there was a vote coming up and everyone was kind of in it was a little shell shocked over uh, other f- kind of financial things, and they wanted to do a uh, an expansion on the hospital, and there were going to be these bonds taken out for it, and the hospital was going to repay them. So it didn't really affect your taxes, unless of course the hospital can't pay. Then we learn, as we do in Homer, that it will affect your taxes. But uh, during that during that assembly meeting, everyone's asking for a delay in a public hearing, and uh, it comes down to Charlie Pierce, and he goes, "You elected me to make these decisions." I'm going to make this decision. This is when he was an assembly member. I'm going to vote tonight. Um, you know, I, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to delay this out. This is what I'm here to do. I'm going to do it. And so I kept playing that over and over and over. And I go, this guy's a jerk. <laughs> and so, so that was my, that was my initial, hey, Charlie, here I am. Later on, he ends up actually donating to my campaign. And uh, we become really good friends. I end up help, you know, trying to help him on his mayoral campaign. And what I realized then when I was running for assembly, I was looking at how Charlie voted. And I'm like, this is the only guy on the assembly that voted the exact same way I would, you know? So here I took one little snippet of his life where even looking back on it, I don't necessarily disagree with myself in my opinion, but I believe I was definitely having more of the emotional reaction. I was also pandering because, you know, I'm trying to launch this political talk career. And, uh, and he was an easy target at that moment, and I needed an easy target. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with my decision, but I don't disagree with his decision at all anymore. To be like, you know what, I was here to vote. We've talked about this. This is, you know, what you've elected me to do. I'm going to do it. Now, have you been paying attention to the teacher strike? The te- a little bit. I mean, uh, mostly, I, I, mostly my, uh, my take on it has been lately, or what I've been paying attention to is like, what day? You just need because you just got to figure out your your, yeah. your kids that day. Yeah. Um, but how long uh, is this gonna be? Because 
I got, I got a life. Got shit to do. Um, but I, and I'm not sure from if you've seen the superintendent's uh, email. I did. I did. That was. Is that an, like is that an electable position? Like, did he? And I'm not sure how how familiar you are with um with like the 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 school districts negotiating versus the teachers union, but. I do believe I lost my election because of the teachers' union. I mean, I'm, I was up against Gilman, you know? And, I mean, his, you can't help but love his wife, the principal at, uh, <laughs> at Nikiski. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, and Blaine, you can't help but love Blaine, too. Um, I remember meeting him and being like, Ooh, I wanted to hate you, but I kind of, you know, you're a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's, yeah, they're just, just like nice, nice people. Yeah, yeah there's like good just people. Just doing nice people stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure my, um, you know, I mean, not to be that guy, it's like, that's why I lost. But, you know, the River Center's named after his, his father, the uh, teachers union. I, I don't think I pulled a single vote out of those people. And those people get out and vote. They do. Yeah. They do. It's crazy. So I do have animosity towards the teacher union because I don't, I don't think I consider it a public position, um, a government position to be a teacher, and I don't like unions involved in government. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I, I'm very much against the uh, the, the the issues that that come down to like the the trust is gone between those those two sides, yeah. but using like a, a a representative like the um the school district's lawyer is an anchorage lawyer who who i'm sure is giving us a sweet deal out of the kindness of his heart right um and and i have not had the opportunity to watch any of the clips because i uh, of their interactions uh, because I got shit to do, yeah. um, but apparently is kind of an asshole. I don't know. Didn't see him. He could be a sweetie, and and my wife could be lying to me about uh, about this lawyer who I'm again. I'm sure is a sweetheart, and I'm sure probably just doing the best thing he can for his clients. Absolutely, know? his job, his job. Um, but a um, whole thing is just reeks of. Uh, not my problem. Like yeah. of passing the buck of someone else's someone else is responsible for this. And we have incredibly high health care costs mm-hmm. and our local health care provider is uh is legitimately if it were bacteria, it is slowly eating soldatna. Yeah. I don't even I think it's past the point of slowly. Um you know, I I mean it just all those, all those offices, all those, you know, if you go into private practice, your building's going to be purchased and you will probably be working for the hospital at some point, um, or you will be moving out of town. It seems like more and more private practices in Kenai, it's kind of neat because you're seeing them pop up. Um, but in like Soldana, we saw several disappear and several like, Hey, now it's part of the hospital buildings pop up. But I mean, they have, it's, it's run like a business in that sense of it's run like a for-profit, let's make money, let's expand, let's make money, let's expand. But it doesn't have any of that, like, you know, there's no guy up top going like, well, that's just more money in my bank accounts. Maybe I'll venture out into the coffee industry or something like that or, or invest this. No, it's just like one, the guy at the top, his job is solely to expand the hospital. And on the taxpayer's dime, that's probably the best thing. But on your healthcare dime, uh, I mean, you, what happens every time you stifle competition? If I had, say, like, 
if I had the only gas station in town, and there wasn't one for, yeah, and there was another one for 60, 70 miles, it's like, better gas up here, at least buy four or five gallons at my seven bucks a gallon. <laughs> what, what a time to be alive. But uh, again, it goes back to these teachers just don't care about your kids. That's what it comes down to. They just want the extra days off. They don't, I'll tell you from my experience, they don't want. No, no. I mean, I, you know, I, I even think about it. You, you go to college, you know, you put all that time and effort into it. Um, and that's just to get your summer off. That's all that's about. That's, you know. Yeah, it's to be a perpetual student. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to show any growth as a human. Uh. That's, and that's, that's the sad heartwarming part about it. The sad heartwarming? Uh, I'll figure out that contradiction later. But it's a sad part, but it's also heartwarming. Like, I love that, uh, I love that teachers really don't make a lot of money for what they do, but they continue to do it, at least on the elementary level. Um, I hate that it's it's come down to I, I I hate that there's so much waste I think uh, and so much bureaucracy and you know it, that this problem wasn't solved in sort of a just a fiscally responsible yet beneficial way to to actual people that that handle the kids you know um, like put the money in put the money in the place where there's a lot of one-on-one interaction with my children where it's going to make a difference stop wasting all this money and like just you know wherever it might be you know administration just creating positions that don't need to exist for the sake of making them exist now i'll say that um some of those cuts they, they they become beautiful things and that you start seeing things like the study open up where places where you can get a more uh, custom education to your child. Now it's going to cost you. Yeah. Um, like, and to be a hundred percent truthful, um, if they're giving it to you, it probably wasn't worth much to begin with because it's what they're giving you. And now those are the first places to, to, to receive cuts. And those are the first places that get threatened with cuts. And if you want an example of how the bureaucracy's bullshit on both ends, you don't have to look any further than, um, than I, I believe it was one of USA, UAA's, um, one of UAA's heads, uh, just, uh, this week saying, no, no, uh, let's slow down on the cuts. We're going to cut a little bit less, and it's going to be over a longer period of time. I just like, if you don't give me money, we'll lose our accreditation. What? <laughs> you, you, mean, you mean those guys and gals that took out student loans to become teachers in the state of Alaska, only to find out that they weren't going to be able to become teachers in the state of Alaska because you're bloated bureaucracy, which... By the way, I'm sure got more than a warning or two uh, that they were about to lose their accreditation before they lost their accreditation and decided to do nothing. Um, nothing. Um, but this is like, this is where we are. Everybody, uh, I say everybody, it's like a big, it's a, it's a big umbrella to put everyone under. But there is a lot of waste. There is a lot of resource mismanagement and we accept it. And as part of the cost of doing business, but sometimes you know, you gotta you, you gotta cut out the things that don't have any actual value. What what I had always what I would like to see is put together, give a system, give everyone a ticket, if you will. Okay, you have three kids. Here's three this year's school season tickets. Um, you choose what school you want to go to, and whatever school you go to, they receive the funding for your child based off of that. 
then I think you're going to see schools go, okay, well, how are we going to get this? We're either going to have a, have a great sports program for, you know, because I mean, if I got a total meathead kid, that's probably not going to go anywhere else. I'm probably going to cross my fingers on some kind of scholarship there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also going to be like, okay, what, what school best suits my kid? This, this school has a great drama and music program. And I want to go down that road or be like, I don't care about drama and music and I'm in purely academics. And I'm going to head that down that road and I want them to get my money. I guarantee you'll see an improvement in all the schools. Oh, I, I, I get the signal to fill. Just, just keep filling. I love it. It's a podcast. You could pause it, but, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and fill. Cause you know, I, uh, yeah, Bill's got a lot of uh, responsibilities around here and I think he's grabbing like a, a lawnmower right now and heading outside. That's the noise you always hear. That's part of my gig. Yeah, it's me going in and out to mow the lawn. It's the only thing that makes me happy. And one of the things that I've learned in life is that happy people don't uh, shoot up movie theaters. And so that's why I do my best to mow my lawn at least three or four times. Now, you, if you look at the lawns of, uh, of veterans, for example, the best example, I think, of, uh, of a well-adjusted veteran, um, uh, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, uh, he had a great lawn. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't, I'm not sure if you're, if you remember, uh, Airborne Steve. I do. Love Airborne. Yeah. Love Airborne Steve. Is he on the show yet? Uh, no, I would love to have him on. Uh, I live near him. His lawn, fucking immaculate. Yeah. So, uh, with all of that being said, yeah, you know, it's, it's gotta, it's important to have a good looking lawn. Um, I don't know if you, uh, if you've ever paid attention to, uh, like, a, like a dad pair of shoes that's like with fucked up grass stains everywhere. Yeah. Got like a hole in the toe. You got to get the bright white shoes to go mow your lawn. Oh man, get some super duper sweet ass Air Monarchs. <laughs> which, by the way, the idea in my head lately has been to get like a pair of like white, which is weird because I, I hate Nike and on, on principle. Uh, the, the usage of like slave labor for $100 sneakers is, you know, or $200 sneakers is, is ridiculous to me. the maybe. only job they can get though. But- <laughs> changing the world um, so with that being said I want a pair of uh, white on white air monarchs the dad shoes yeah. um, but I want to pay like some I want to pay a graffiti artist to customize them for me yeah with like with like aliens and, and like uh, and like weed leaves and be like aliens and weed leaves and like slices of pizza like all around my air monarchs and I would have the freshest dad shoes ever and that, and no one would fuck with me. Like I could be able to go to like all of the coolest clubs, and and people will know instinctively. Like, oh, that dude's not here to try and mac on my chick. He's just here for the music. Look at those shoes. Look at those shoes. Look at that bitch. He drives a Highlander, and then they'll see me getting my Highlander, and they're like, "Damn, that's someone's father." Like, like that's it. That's a kid. Uh, that's a kid who has stories read to them. All right. Bet you that guy has a good looking lawn. He's probably watering it right now. As we speak. Yeah, it's got, I've got it on a timer. You know, it has to leave the club early because he has to turn off the water. Don't want to, don't want to saturate it. It's true. And I'm too, and, and I'm too paranoid to invest in like a smart watering system. Yeah. Cause I, cause that I don't. technology, I don't trust <laughs> No, I don't want to know where I'm going. Not until America Company makes a 
True story. And then brings it down to a reasonable price. <laughs> brings it down to a reasonable price. Because I yeah, like it's and when it comes to eighty five inch TVs, it's important that not only is it made in America, but it's it's made in a way that I can afford it. So for now I'm gonna get a twenty two inch TV <laughs> for three hundred bucks and buy American. <laughs> or not. Um, creating jobs. Oh shit, which goes back to other Dave Chappelle jokes. <laughs> um Man, all right, so this week, yeah. this upcoming week, what do you want to watch? Is there anything on Netflix you want to watch? Oh, man, you know, I don't know. I, I, I've mentioned it before, is like the, the Dark Crystal, which I guess is a prequel. So I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Um, but uh, but this, the story Dark Crystal originally d- does need a whole lot more just depth to it on both sides. But um, I was thinking about that, but it is a series, and it's like, man, I don't know, I don't know if I have crazy fantasy whole mystical world marathon i have six hours of that in me. yeah i was gonna say i don't i don't know if i do so i'm i'm like i don't know maybe so like some clip on youtube that's six minutes long we could review okay so so i've got what i want to watch yeah. and it would probably require us to watch together like it would require oh that would that violate the restraining order it would but we're here now um above majestic yeah and and we can sit down. We can watch a trailer when this is all done. If you're at home or you are on your phone, uh, go to the YouTubes and watch the trailer for Above Majestic. You can participate in this. It's about the secret space program and the United States' involvement. Uh, it's got Nazis on the dark side of the moon. It's got reptilian overlords. And it'll, it, it legitimately... Uh, might change the way you watch a lot of movies and the the way you see a lot of things that are present and the way they're presented to you. So it's a documentary filmed in real time. Absolutely, yes. And and I will go ahead and say that everything in this movie makes a lot more sense than what people try to indoctrinate their children with regarding ideas uh, for why everything is the way everything is. So there's that. Well, it is. What, what is it? Does they say, like, it takes three generations to, like, indoctrinate children or to change history. You have to get it. You have to get it to the point where, like, the oldest living people had no, like, personal experience with whatever the... I wish I could remember the exact quote. I, I would sound very intelligent right now, but... Well, it goes back to... Let, let me take it back to the, the educators, right? Why do we have people that, that don't have kids or people that don't have, like, I mean, even fucking grandkids in the school system that are on the school board. Yeah, that's, that weirds me out. You don't have a fucking dog in this fight. Like, this shit doesn't matter to you. Like, you have no vested interest, especially if you don't have, like, a real job, right? Like, this is your primary gig is to be a member of the school board and whatever goes along with that. Like, you don't own a business. You don't do some shit in your, your fucking real life. You're like a... A stay-at-home grandma or grandpa who bitches about some shit, um, but you not even in, uh, of a grandma or grandpa that is in the school system. You got zero dogs in this fight. Yeah, it's, and sometimes it's a great like little political launching ground. You know, I think that's why a lot of people do it. But then I think they get stuck there because they don't get elected for anything else. It's like, and you know, it's like, well, I, I, even though I ran unopposed for school board, I still still won the position. I'm a winner. <laughs> um, no, let's decide which, on what we're going to do with them kids. Which, 
By the way, how many of our elected officials in this upcoming election are running unopposed? You know, Mayor Gabriel is running unopposed for the mayor of Kenai? Yeah, that was a bit of a shocker. So if you are a resident of Kenai, and you want to be mayor, and you want to be on my podcast, I want to talk to you. You can have zero fucking experience. I have nothing against Mayor, uh, mayor Gabriel. I've, when I met him the few times I met him, he's always been very, very nice to me. Nothing against him. But I feel like if you're running for mayor, you should probably run a post. Like, you should, even if it's controlled opposition. Like, bring on the controlled opposition. Run against your wife. Oh, shit, yeah, but what if you lose? Oh, man. What, what if, if she she's a write-in and she wins? What, because people just, what if your kids lead her write-in campaign? What if your kids are like, hey, you know what? I remember um, when you poo-pooed the idea of me getting uh, 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 Pokemon cards for Christmas when I was 11. And, um, yeah, yeah, mom always made sure we had a... Uh, pantry full of cinnamon toast crunch, and uh, one time she went on vacation. All we ate was spaghetti. <laughs> Coming for you, Dad. <laughs> I don't, you know that. How how does a guy like that just walk around through life though? After that happens, I mean, you know, you know, if you go to work. I mean, hopefully, if when you go to work, like you work with a good mixed group. Yo, you got fired from being the mayor. Like, what else were you doing? Like, if you're the mayor, you shouldn't have a second job. But, like, if you were, if you're on the school board, you need a second job. I think so. Yeah. But if you're the mayor, like, you're not going back to, like, you're not going back to the factory. <laughs> um, so, by the way, I did want to throw this out. The cat that ran against Peter Machicki. Yeah. Um, that went back to the, uh, went back to the oil fields. Apparently... And I haven't I haven't done any follow up on this. Apparently, he's going to run. Uh, he's talking about running against uh, or running again for um, for that that sort of posi- uh, position, like a state legislature position. Yeah. Um, House of Representatives looks pretty vulnerable right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think you know we should we should launch right in campaigns. Nothing will get done, but I can promise not to make things worse. And I think that deserves your vote. Absolutely. I, I, Jake Thompson for whatever. Um, you know, like, I can't, I can't promise a whole lot, but I'll, I'll let you as a person that visits Juneau, which, by the way, um, I feel like the state of Alaska should pay for your ticket, your round trip ticket to Juneau once a year and provide you with a place to stay uh, so that you can see your representatives. I think that having a, the, the capital in Juneau is itself um, a, a crime that is being committed uh, away from the eyes of the residents of the state of Alaska, and I think that's done intentionally. So if we're not going to move the state uh, capital, we should do something equally as ridiculous, and that is flying everybody to Juno. And you should get a voucher. You should get a $45 voucher for each member of your family to get some of that overpriced, not very good food in Juno. I think so. I mean, I, I, my other idea was to split Alaska into two states. Um, Juno can be the capital in one. We'll put Anchorage as the capital of the other. And then we can divvy up the states by who wants a dividend and a full dividend and who wants to use that dividend for government. And that will be your, your, East and west, or north and south, or I don't even think they have to. The boundaries have to be touching. Sometimes they got to touch. 
Yeah, touch boundaries. Yeah. Maybe you just have a mountain range separating them. But if I go to Juno, I'll let you know where the good weed spots are. <laughs> that's that's what I promise you is when the state uh, pays for your ticket, your family's round trip ticket uh, back and forth from Juno. I promise you that when you get there, I will tell you where the good weed spots are. I will tell you which um, which dispensaries carry product that is grown on the peninsula or manufactured on the peninsula. Yeah. Spend your Juno dollars on the Kenai. Basically, keep keep local kids uh, in you know in sports and stuff. Yeah, cause uh, cause why not? And you know we have like I don't know how keen you are in our local cannabis community. I I keep a toe wet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep a toe dipped in. Um, but we've got we've got some great uh, cultivators. We've also got some great manufacturers who make some really good products, like the Lady Ray uh, Medibles. They're they're high quality, high grade uh, ingredients used in 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 easy easily dosed cookies that are like good good cookies, butter mints, all kinds of cool snacks. They've also got like little tinkertures and shit, all kinds of stuff. Uh, all kinds of stuff. And I say that to say this: um, I will stand in front of a cruise ship for eight hours a day in the summer, telling everyone on uh, getting off that. Uh, that that boat to go get some good peninsula weed. I'll do not every day, but I will I will do that at least two to three times a, a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um and uh and I'll also let you let like tourists know where the good Mexican joints are. Yeah. Cause that's equally as important. You need to know where to get um because if you're ever taking if you're taking a cruise ship Okay, every place that I went to, like, because when I came up here with my wife, we came up on a cruise ship. Every place we went, they only had rock stars. It was kind of a uh, a monster guy at yeah. the time. And so everywhere we went, they just had rock stars until we, like, ported in, like, Canada. Um, but I would be able to tell people where to get the monsters. Like, yo, this place has the monsters. R- rock star sucks. They suck anyway. Go get yourself a monster. Some guy's got to do that. Like, that's legit, like, how he buys shoes for his kids. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how they put, you know, like, food on the table. And I feel and, like we could legislate against that, because I'm sure it makes some people getting off the cruises uncomfortable. Welcome to Alaska. Um, fuck your feelings. <laughs> um, shop local, mother lover. Uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those few places where you, you kind of have an instinct of, of freedom. Like, it's yeah. supposed to still exist here. But it's something that we're losing and, and that we're giving up. We're giving it up on a daily basis, on a regular basis, whether it is um, the, the laws uh, against the, the breweries and the distilleries um, or it's uh, what we're choosing to accept uh, with basic intrusions in our lives. But we are losing a lot of the freedoms in this state that, that are drawing people here. Um, and I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's not. I, you know, I think it's just the natural way things go. What what scares me is here. Here's sort of what happens is, you know, guy grows up in California, gets tired of tired of California's nonsense and their pricing and their big government and whatnot. Comes to Alaska and's like, well, you know, in California, this is the way we did it. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's as <laughs> it seems. <laughs> I I think there should be a rule like you have to have like. This is, now this is going to be, you know, I, I have an open borders policy, but 
I, I think, like, you almost should have had to have been born here or come up here, like, sometime before, like, 1980 or something. You should have had to have, like, when everyone got together and, like, if there's a pothole in the road, you didn't wait for someone. You just went and got some dirt and put it in there yourself because otherwise you were going to keep hitting it with your truck every single time you drove by, like, the road that barely had enough room for two people to cross that you and the community built yourself. Um, you know, those guys, I think those guys have a, um, you know, the, the homesteaders really, I think they oftentimes have sort of the best view of what I think people meant Alaska to be. And, uh, what ends up happening is, you know, like you get, you get sort of the people like that come up and go, Oh, this place is so pretty. It's so beautiful. Let's not mess with it. But also I really want my whole foods, you know, I need big box stores, but also I want you to keep this whole area pristine for me. Yeah, but I want to build this gleaming, ugly tower in the middle of trees so that I can see everything. And, and that's I, where we're at. Then I want to put a cap on everybody else's tower. Because I don't want them interfering with my view. No, if theirs is bigger than mine, then I can't see. Just, and everyone's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you have any suggestions, any recommendations for things that we should watch, uh, next week, by all means, drop them in the comments, uh, send us a message Dealer's on choice. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. First person that, that hits us up on and says, this is what we're going to see on, uh, on Netflix. You got it. All right. If it's Caligula, it's Caligula. I'll watch that again. Um, but otherwise we're watching above majestic and you should too. All right. Ladies, gents, uh, gorgeous, beautiful others, stay sexy. Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.